Hey Chilies, what is up? It is Meg, your host. I am so excited. Uh, we have another great episode for you. Uh, but before we get started, I do want to mention you can find all of our information for our Patreon or if you want to submit a st- your own story, you can check that out all in our link tree on our Instagram at Real Chills Podcast. Our guest today is awesome. He's an up and coming director, a writer, just an all around cool dude. And he's here to talk to us about his first psychological thriller short film that he created called Black Point. And then we also hear about some spooky ghost tales that his family experienced. So I hope you enjoy. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. Meg here. I'm super excited for our guest today. We have Joe Mano. Joe, how are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? Good, good. I'm excited that you could be here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I I feel weird reaching out to people to like (laughs) ask to be on a thing, so I appreciate you, A, responding, and B, uh, agreeing to have me on. No, well, it's so funny because I was on your podcast years ago now, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it it was before Zoom was a thing. So I literally drove to a stranger's house to be on well, there. I, that remember, was way you, worse. You drove to my house. <laughs> yeah. We did the podcast. And then I my computer crashed like a couple of days later. Oh, yeah. So you had to drive back to my house and do the podcast again. So I could actually, you know, have something for <laughs> I forgot that I had to come back. I totally bl- probably just like blacked that out. But um, that was the worst. Yeah, I felt so bad. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I had fun. I probably wouldn't have come back if it wasn't like just a fun time. But um, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. So no worries. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm excited to hear your stories today too. Before we get started, we always ask our guests the same question. And that's when it comes to the paranormal, where do you stand? Are you skeptical or are you like down for anything? Total fucking believer. I don't know what ghosts are. You know, I don't know if they're like dead people coming back sure. or, you know, lost souls that didn't make it to the afterlife. Or like, I think some people like theorize that it's like a, proje- like a weird time projection from the time, past or some yeah. shit like that. I'm open to it all. I, I'm also open to like if they were able to figure it out and they said that ghosts actually don't exist, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense too. But <laughs> I err on the side of definitely believing that something something strange is out there trying to, you know. I love that. Things. Yeah. A lot of our guests recently have been like straight down the middle, which is a very like, I think, smart thing to say, but also... I don't know. I'm all in all the time. I I think yeah. it's so fun to live in a world where I just believe in ghosts. You know, it's really fun for me. <laughs> it's also just fucking crazy to to say that there aren't any ghosts. Like th- there's no ghosts. That's impossible. Like how the fuck could you possibly know yeah. what it is and yeah. isn't possible? We have no idea what happens when we die. Right. We have no idea what's even happening while we're alive. So, <laughs> you know. Why yeah, would we rule fair. that possibility out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So totally. I'm definitely a believer. And I, I'm, I, I don't have a lot of per, like paranormal experience myself, but I've always, like, I don't 
fucks with ghosts. I do not want to see ghosts. Right. I don't want to like, encounter <laughs> okay. them. I don't know spirits, demons, sure. that shit. I don't want to interact with any of them, but I love like hearing stories about them. And yeah. When other people hear them. Or so see them, no or Ouija boards them. or anything like that in your house? Dude, fuck a Ouija board. No way. No way. I know. Those are bad news. I know. It's like, I don't know. Not that horror movies are real, but like, has there ever been a movie where the Ouija board like wasn't evil? Like, why would you? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're almost definitely not real Ouija boards, but if they were and you could communicate with like your, your lost loved one or whatever the fuck, like, why wouldn't, you know, fucking adolf hitler pick up the phone and be right. like what's up like i got you right. you know yeah uh, so i don't think that technology is fleshed out enough for me to use <laughs> it's not well with ouija boards like it does just start out as a board game but i think anytime you indicate to the unknown that you're cool with things interacting with you so like i feel like you could draw a ouija board on a piece of paper and if mm-hmm. you're there with a little planchette trying you're gonna. I, I just think you're gonna have the same effect. I think it's the fact yeah. that you're there, lighting candles and chanting, you know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. Yeah. Fuck that. Do you use Ouija board? <laughs> no, absolutely okay. not. Yeah. I don't. I don't actively seek. Like recently, some people have asked me if I've gone ghost hunting, and I haven't. Except I. I might try because one of our past guests, two of our past guests, are paranormal investigators and invited me. So. Nice. I did tell my comedian friend that, and he's like, that's the beginning of a scary movie where you get murdered, FYI. And I was like, well, still sounds pretty awesome. I was like, I don't think I'm related to anyone where we'd be going, so I should be fine. Anyway, that's a long tangent for another day. You think only ghosts that you're related to can get you? I think it's like the classic, like, if they have some sort of vendetta, right? Like, it's like, you're my great-granddaughter, and I was like an abusive grandpa Uh, you know what i mean like i always think i think the only ghost i'm not scared of would be like family members really yeah my grandma lived with us when we were growing up and she had parkinson's disease and she died in our house yeah she was like on hospice there Mm -hmm. so like i was i think 10 when she passed and i remember being a little kid and being like I'm definitely not scared of like if grandma were a ghost. Of grandma. <laughs> but like if I saw grandma's ghost, like I don't know if I'd be cool with that. Yeah. And, you know, just contemplating what grandma's ghost uh, <laughs> could potentially mean. Uh, it never ended up happening, so it was a moot point. But uh, it's good you were prepared, I, though. <laughs> well, I, I think I'd be cool with that ghost, but if it was like a Civil War soldier or something, I'd be like, whoa, 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 <laughs> back it up. I'm leaving this house now. Yeah, well, and for the most part, you probably know that they're not, like, you know, demon entities or, you know, some shit. Yeah, so, well, I have one story that's my story, and I'll tell that. And I'm going to preface this with, uh, to the house that you came to to record the podcast in. I don't know if you remember anything about it, but it was built in, like, 1850-something. Okay. And when we moved in, I was like, this place is definitely going to be fucking haunted. The first <laughs> night we were there, it uh-huh. was like the middle of December and it was so cold. We cranked the heat up and the heat is so loud that it just constantly sounded like there was like noises happening in the house. But we've lived there now for like three or four years and we've never really had creepy or paranormal experiences or anything like that. So 
I guess it's not haunted. Somehow it's gone through 160 years or whatever and it hasn't, you know, wow. captured a ghost or whatever. Yeah. But one night, this was probably two or three years ago. This was definitely pre-pandemic, so like 2019 maybe. It was, I think, right after my birthday. So we had some helium balloons on the first floor. No, it was my girlfriend's birthday because we had fans on everywhere. Uh, so I go upstairs to bed. My girlfriend's sleeping in bed already. And I'm just laying there looking at my phone. And I have the TV on, the air conditioner's on. And in the corner of my eye, I see something move. No. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I turn, and it's one of the balloons from downstairs that was just in the living room, just floating in the living room. It floated all the way upstairs, directly into the bedroom. And then it crossed in front of the bed, just like, like as though someone were kind of walking with it. And then it kind of stopped. And I got up out of bed and I grabbed it. And so I'm sitting on the end of the bed with a balloon, like a basically balloon. in pitch black darkness. My girlfriend wakes up. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, uh, just, I can't explain it right now. Just go to sleep. And she was like, okay. She goes to sleep. I tied the, the balloon to my nightstand because I was like, if there's a ghost attached to this balloon, like, I, don't want it, I don't want it moving anymore. This is my balloon. Right. Uh, I went to sleep. The next morning, my girlfriend was like, what the fuck? Like, why were you holding a balloon on the edge of the bed? So I explained the whole thing to her. Uh, she kind of thinks it might be a ghost that, like, brought the balloon upstairs. I think we just had a lot of fans on, and they were starting to lose their oh, helium. Oh, sure. They were kind of lower. And they, but it was fucking weird, man. It, well, it went right up the stairs and, like, turned a corner directly into our door and then stopped, like, right in front of me. It was, it was, it was like, 2 in the morning, and I was definitely stoned, and it was definitely freaking me out for the rest <laughs> of that night. I didn't sleep that good. That was kind of fucked up. But that's probably the closest thing personally I've ever experienced to a ghost. And I don't even think it's a ghost. That seems pretty good. I mean, it's one thing if it like floated to another room or something, but uh -huh. to go all the way upstairs and turn a corner into, and then stop moving. Right. Yeah. I just think that's the only incident though. Like there's not nothing else even remotely like ghosty has happened right. in that house. And I've spent like so much time there at all hours of the night and you know whatever is where i live uh so if there was like even just one other hint of a ghost i'd be like yeah that shit was definitely <laughs> maybe it was mad because you took his balloon away it's like well i'm not doing that again he was not like, appreciative yeah, uh, yeah what kind of fucking <laughs> that's a weird ass ghost like the yeah. only thing it does in four years is just like bring me a balloon <laughs> like is <laughs> yeah. that a warning is that like a friendship thing yeah it's not very clear the message there for sure <laughs> yeah yeah and then so this is kind of to build on that story a little bit. One night, my girlfriend's a nurse and she was working night shift at the time and I was doing dishes. It was probably like 11 o'clock at night and my doorbell started going fucking crazy. Just like bing, 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 like repeat. And like I went outside, I walked around the corner, I checked everything, nothing was happening. It was like an electrical malfunction. But that shit freaked me out for like yeah. 10 minutes before I could like figure out what it was. Yeah, that, that was fucking creepy. I thought I was going to get murdered by like an intruder or like, yeah, like some sort of demonic I've possession had, or something. Yeah, I've had that happen before too with the doorbell and I'm not brave. So I made my boyfriend go look, but it does. It's so threat. It's so weirdly threatening to have your doorbell just go off like that out of nowhere. What time of day was it? Was it nighttime? It was like midnight, like 11 yeah. o'clock midnight. Um, yeah, that's worse. Yeah, and who the fuck rings the doorbell anymore? Anytime I get yeah. somewhere, I text I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm here. This you is know? someone who doesn't know when me. I get there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was fucked up. But again, 
definitely not a ghost situation. But there there was like a five minute period where I was like, this shit is definitely a ghost. Yeah. And then sort of my my secondhand story. I don't know how familiar you are with like River Road. All right, so I'm from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. If you go like north of Doylestown toward the Delaware River, like maybe 10, 15 minutes in that direction, you hit River Road, just the road that follows the Delaware River. And you can like cross over into Jersey at a bunch of different spots. But so my brother and my dad and my sister-in-law were coming back. All my family was up in like New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut area. They were coming back from like some family event really late at night, like one in the morning, two in the morning, something like that. And they're driving, they cross into Pennsylvania, they're driving down River Road, and they see a group of people right across from where the river, uh, the Delaware River is. And originally they thought it was just going to be like a wedding because they have weddings at this historical barn site. Right. They didn't see any other lights or like hear music or anything like that. So they were a little confused. And as they passed, my dad said he looked at one of their faces and the person had a mannequin face. (sighs) So immediately he was kind of like, what the fuck? Then my brother said that they were wearing like 18th century or like, I guess, 1800s clothes, 19th century clothes sort of like farmers, almost like Amish looking, I guess. So they kind of both looked at each other. My sister-in-law was asleep in the back. They looked at each other and they were like, that was fucking weird. We should go back and check out. So they'd make a U-turn and like in a driveway. They pulled in the driveway. They said, they pulled in the driveway and in front of them were two of these 1800s looking people standing and facing away from them, like in, I guess in the, the headlights. And they were kind of freaked out and they were like, what the fuck? And they started to kind of drive away. They couldn't see those people anymore. And then there was nobody else by the way. So they were wow. like freaked out. I was at home. This is, I experienced this like all through text. My brother was texting me like the whole the time. The entire time? Yeah. He was like, dude, we've got the craziest story to tell you. We just saw a bunch of ghosts. Oh my gosh. And uh, I had just gotten back from the bars with my friends. So I was a little bit drunk and uh, tired. I just wanted to go to sleep, but I couldn't, you know, skip this great story that's supposed to be happening. So they come like, you know, maybe like a half hour later when they get back. They come like running into the door. They're like, dude, you'll never believe what we saw. Blah, blah, blah. They explain the whole thing to me. And I guess maybe that weekend or later that, you know, a couple weeks later, my brother contacted the historical building. Whoa. They, <laughs> yeah, they put him in touch with the, uh, I guess, the groundskeeper. And he went and he spoke with the groundskeeper. And the groundskeeper said that they have reports from a lot of people that they see, you know, various people in the middle of the night outside of this place and they think that they're drowning victims from like a hundred years ago oh that's so scary yeah that's fucking weird right oh what why do they think they're drowning victims did they explain that because of the river right on the river yeah and uh i'm sure there's probably records they have of like you know people people drowning yeah or disappearing at least so yeah that was kind of kind of weird i think he was kind of hoping they would say like oh i don't think it's anything and then yeah they were like oh yeah no we've heard do you oh i man i want to know what that farm i want to look it up i can i can find it for you what i was thinking it could be because so i you know you don't really hear many stories of multiple like full body ghosts like that Mm -hmm. that's like so Mm -hmm. so intense and scary i was thinking Mm -hmm. and you're gonna have to come with me on this you believer but like maybe like a time slip, right? Like maybe uh-huh. for like for a second in time or forever, whatever those moments that they were there, like whatever the 
because you know everyone is like time is flat but like if it's not and everything's just happening at the same time then it's possible like if it got thin for some reason or if there's like a, yeah. a thin spot there like they could have yeah, just like been a, like some sort of like projection or something yeah, yeah yeah they were like back seeing like i think uh my brother said because it was so late and i guess they were tired and it got like you know like that weird like sort of dark misty fog that like oh I, especially nights. off the river the river is probably yeah. so good for that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think he said after they saw that they were driving <laughs> And he kept saying, like, are we, did we die? Like, are we dead? Yeah. Oh, my, my God. My dad was like, my dad was like, shut up. Don't say that. And he got, like, really mad. <laughs> he was scared. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I don't blame him. It was called, it's called Tinicum Barn. Ooh, Tinicum um, Barn. Yeah, and it's right near Tinicum Park. Okay. Um, on River Road. So, cool. if anybody wants to go, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, sure, let's sure go the look at the ghosts. Just, like ripe with ghosts, like yeah, the Del yeah, the Delaware. Um, yeah, well, in man. general, they say rivers are like like places of like high energy. Like a lot of the times in all yeah. the you know when you watch those ghost shows or read the ghost books, that's that's a big thing. Like bodies of water can hmm. sometimes be a conduit because a lot of people I wonder think, why that is. Well, because they think ghosts are, like, some sort of electromagnetic, or, like, you know, like, oh, it's, yeah, like, yeah, whatever yeah. the electricity in our brain is, leaves mm. our brain and is now just floating around, so water becomes, yeah. yeah. So those are, those are my, uh, my closest encounters. Those are pretty amazing. I, I oh. think you should take some stock in that. I don't know why it's never showed it, shown itself to you again, but... Well, see, I, I, I don't know. So I'm very aware of the possibility of ghosts, even like in my own house when I'm there alone or something. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you ever do that thing where you start thinking about because So right now, uh, my girlfriend's a travel nurse. So mm-hmm. we're, we're actually kind of living in Lancaster right now. And we're just in like this old, like row home. Ooh, type thing. rough. <laughs> Airbnb. Yeah, yes. so like the first couple nights, she would like go to sleep before me or whatever, and I'd be up late just sort of sitting in the living room. And, uh, of course, it crossed my mind, like, is there a ghost in here? And then you start thinking about it, and then you start kind of creeping yourself out, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if a ghost were going to do something to me, like, that would be the moment to do it, where I'm, like, yeah. already a little freaked out. And it just hasn't happened. So I don't know if I'm doing something to close myself <laughs> off or what, but I'm yeah. okay with it. Stay away. I don't want to. See, well, like, that's definitely going to close you off, for sure. Stay yeah, away. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, like, people go to Gettysburg and do those ghost tours and yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, yeah i don't know i um i would go to gettysburg i i don't specifically seek ghosts but i also it depends on like what their motive is right like if you're seeming scared then they probably aren't going to show themselves if they're not trying to scare you know like it's assumed that like i don't know if i was a ghost (laughs) i don't know if my main motive would be to scare people unless i was like super i think i'd rather like try to make a connection but if you're scared and not willing then I could see that being also I think there is something and this isn't really paranormal but there's something very scary about sleeping in a place you're not familiar with yeah what is that it's I always feel so out of it and uncomfortable and every noise like I think you without realizing it get used to the sounds your houses make like yeah totally 
Because whenever I'm somewhere else, even like Airbnbs and stuff, like it, it's everything just feels like like my radar is like going off the entire time, you know. That's probably some like primal shit from back when we lived in the cave. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, that we just can't get rid of. It's just like ingrained in us. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's not like paranormal, <laughs> but it is like the worst feeling ever when you go to like an Airbnb and you're like, oh, this is scary. This is really sketchy, and I'm uh-huh. stuck here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. super strange. I think, I mean, I think that, like, that does have to do with the paranormal, just if, if that is sort of some primal sense, because, I mean, there there's a 50-50 chance that paranormal stuff is, you know, you see everything through your own lens and your own experience, so, right. you know, and, and reality is so fucking just loosey-goosey. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, your experience of seeing a ghost or something could just be built up in your own head or, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I Well, I think, you know, the other thing, especially from doing this podcast, weirdly, I think people know. Like, even if they're, they were just waking up or whatever, they, I don't know. There's something different about it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. No, yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those stories were awesome. I could you say the name of the farm one more time? Tinicum, is that what you said? Tinicum Barn, yeah. Tinicum um, Barn. And I think there's like I think there's like a house next to the barn that like goes with it and it's right. Yeah, I mean it's actually like a nice park. I think I think they have like frisbee golf there if anybody's interested in frisbee golf. Yeah, um, I wonder if it's cuz I I'm from East Stroudsburg, so I wonder if mm-hmm. it's like on my way home I could like check it out, <laughs> you know, from Philly. I think you'd have to go further out, like by Jersey. Yeah, further east to get. There. Yeah, because East Stroudsburg is definitely north of where I'm talking about. Like, because East Stroudsburg kind of near Easton, right? Yeah. Yeah, this would be pretty far before Easton. Okay, because um, I know the Delaware is right by like where I live, but yeah, Delaware is yeah. pretty you, big. I mean, if you just drove, <laughs> basically, if you just followed the Delaware all the way down, yeah. you would get there. Yeah. I could hit like every creepy place on the Delaware. It's right. It's like right before Frenchtown, New Jersey. You know Frenchtown? It sounds familiar. I'm bad with directions in general. You but... Google it later. I'm not yeah. good with directions. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded you were you sounded good with them. I was like believing you. So <laughs> I just you throw out buzzwords, you know, north, east, yeah. Frenchtown. <laughs> Cool. Um, do you want to talk about your thriller that you created? Congratulations, by the way. It was so fun. I watched it over the Thank weekend. Thank you. You there. Come. Come into the garage. What? What's happening? Why? What's happening in there? Get in the garage, my dude. Dude, you're not. Move cl- I don't know. Dan, move closer to the garage. No, come on. It's me. I'm, I'm not on this show, but it's our friends, Luke. And, and Jeff and Mike, and they do a show about music, and it's called Get in the Garage. I'm trying to do a thing here, Dan. Oh, it's a podcast? That's way less creepy than I, what I thought you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan, come to the garage, where we talk about all things music and all things fun, with my friends, actually, from home. It's fun that they're not comedians, right? Like, it's weird to get, like, a different example of humor from normies. Yeah, people like things. Normal people that like things that like aren't like hate themselves from comedy, which is I think a glittering, uh, a glittering example of what this podcast is. It is Get in the Garage with Luke Roberge, Mike Thresher, Jeff May. They're all great. They're all got amazing uh, hot takes, stories, opinions about the world of music right now. 
It's a celebration. It's a celebration of rock and roll and, and all things beautiful and, and joyous. Yeah, check out Get in the Garage comes out every week on the Wasted Robot Network. Yeah. First, I want to say something. Yes. So how do you say your last name? Is it Getz? Yeah, it's Getz. Okay. And then your long-term boyfriend's last okay. name? Okay. Yes. Getz? You need to That's talk so about this. Up. <laughs> so fucked up. And we are related. No, we're not related. Um, it's weird. Well, because you have the extra letter. <laughs> yeah. So you're creeping on us? Is that what I'm to Dude, understand? I, no, I noticed that so long ago. And I was like, did they, <laughs> did they get married or something? I remember when you were on the podcast, you said like, oh, my boyfriend, he's a, um, he was a stand-up. I don't know if yeah. he still is. Um, and I think I might have like emailed him or something at the time uh, to see if he would do the podcast, but it didn't end up working out. And then later realized that you guys, I wasn't totally sure how to say your last name. I was pretty sure it was gay. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that it's the same fucking name. And that's crazy. It's why it took so long for me to make us official on Facebook because I didn't feel like <laughs> having like people like on the outskirts be like, what is going? But there's a few things. One, it's spelled different. Two, my dad uh-huh. is adopted. So Getz is his adoptive name. So we're not related. Like there's not even a shot. But you're not you're not a biological kid. Yeah, yeah. And you know it is frustrating. Well, actually it's kind of convenient because like if we did get married, like I'm not changing anything. I'm leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, it is very weird though. And people like because we both do comedy, people have introduced us as like brother and sister before and then we'd have to be like oh actually we're actually boyfriend and, <laughs> yeah. and then you like you there's no quick way to say that you're not related right yeah yeah in my freshman year of college i sat next to a girl in a math class and her name was gina mano and she got the attendance sheet but like on the first day before anybody knew anybody and she was like who the fuck's joe mano and i turned and looked at her and i was like that's me why he was like, my last name's Mano. And I was like, well, that's so weird. And in my head, I was like, oh, is this going to be? And then she turned, she sucked. I did not like her at all. <laughs> uh, she was annoying in that class. So I was like, damn, that's what so a funny. missed opportunity. That would have been so easy. You're like, oh, is this going to work? This would be so convenient. <laughs> I wonder if she was thinking that too. And then she's like, never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure she didn't even, she was probably like, that's weird. You have my last name. Well, what yeah. happened with me was we were both at an open mic and they announced him and I was like, who's this? Like, there can only be one gets in this town and it's me. Um, but then he was pretty cool. So I guess only big enough for one of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I've been waiting for the opportunity to bring that up. <laughs> well, so thank you. Yeah. So now if any um, of my listeners creep on me, they'll know the full story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, now they won't be like, oh my God, she's dating her fucking brother. <laughs> yeah. um, so Black Point. Uh, yeah. It's a short film. It's about a woman who's having visual and auditory hallucinations um, that are sort of following her. And she consults like a spiritual guide, guru type mm-hmm. character. And, you know, it's sort of led astray on a uh, sort of journey of self-exploration. The, the main person in it is my cousin, Christina Fursich. She's an aspiring actress. She's very good in it. Um, she does an awesome job. And the guru character is actually a former paranormal investigator that I had on my podcast. That's years ago. awesome. Yeah, her name is uh, Frankie Gallagher. I hit her up and I was like, hey, I have this character. I think this is perfect for it. And she actually told me how she was starting to get in the film and acting and, and all this stuff. So it was like 
you know, totally uh, serendipitous and worked out. And she was great as well. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's like 14 minutes long, so it's a little bit long for a short. But it didn't it, I, feel I'm long. Told, yeah, yeah, I'm told it's creepy. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I spent so much time editing it that, like, I feel like I've lost <laughs> any ability to, like, judge sure. it accurately. Um, but my friend Paul McBride did the music. The music is, like, so fucking good. It is so, really good, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass it on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You did so good. I will say, I, um, I watch a lot of scary movies. Psychological thrillers, like the ones that you make, I tend not to enjoy because <laughs> I'm dumb and I want everything explained to me. <laughs> but I really liked yours. Like normally I can't, it doesn't keep my attention, but I, I really liked the choices that you made. I like that um, there wasn't that much talking. Was that like an intentional? Yeah, yeah. so I think, um, so like part of, in the last year I've made two shorts. One was called Dreaming and one was called and um both of them i made with my iphone what that was made on yeah, your yeah. iphone yeah so i shot them on my iphone iphone 12 mini what an ad that's a big um, ad yeah <laughs> i used uh i don't know if you've ever heard there's a company called moment mm. and they uh they make like lenses so both of the projects were sort of um you know mix and match with just like the the phone lens and these other lenses i bought um to try and like hide the fact that it's on the phone. Uh, wow. But yeah, so it, it, it was very easy for me to just go out, especially my cousin was uh, living in the same place with me at the time. Uh, so it became very easy for us to just meet up after work and knock out a bunch of stuff we wanted to shoot. So we did that for Dreaming last like April and May and then put that out in June. And that ended up being really, uh, really cool and I ended up doing that. And that was very, like I, I very specifically made that I, I had a script written out like it, it was in the works for a while before we actually shot it and then at the end of the summer um every year me and my brothers and our significant others and a couple of my cousins we go up to lake george uh new york and we spend labor day weekend there and we were sort of coming up on this vacation and i texted my cousin you know i was like hey we're gonna be in like this gorgeous location yeah it's waste if we didn't like try and shoot something while we were there and even if it ends up being nothing like we gave a shot maybe we tried the next year and of course like it's a vacation so you want to balance like actually having working fun. On, yeah like, hanging out and having fun i was clear that it wouldn't take up too much of your time or my time so we could actually stay ourselves but so we go up to lake george i didn't have anything written i just had like a, a pretty loose idea of what i wanted to look like and uh you know thankfully christina was like super trusting like letting me tell her how to do things and what I needed and she like nailed everything. Fucking awesome. And then the the name of the the short, uh the house we rent every year in Lake George is on Black Point Road. Oh uh, cool. So there's also there's a lot of like uh dark stuff happening in the in the creepy uh uh scenes in the film like the yeah the she sees is like all just shadow figures and stuff. So mm -hmm. I thought the name kinda worked uh well for what we want to show as well. And then Frankie Gallagher, who's the former sort of uh, mystic paranormal investigator uh, that I'm friends with, she invited us up to Jim Thorpe. To oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, the um, scenes where we're, they're like talking, talking together in the beginning, mm -hmm. and there's that wall with like all this crazy. I art. love that wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's her apartment. That was her apartment. Awesome. And, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, so it, it just ended up, it was a lot of fun to shoot and a huge pain in the ass to edit, but I think it all ended up being, <laughs> yeah, the, the response has been pretty cool so far, and I'm just trying to fumble my way through, like, getting more people to watch it. Yeah, I know I'm being highly complimentary, and uh, it's hard to tell. Like, I wouldn't come out and say, like, it sucks to you because, well, it didn't, but I can't tell you how impressed I am that you did, that you, that this whole thing was so DIY. Who did her makeup? Because there were some scenes. You did. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm just so impressed. costume makeup. Yeah. There was, there was a little bit of an assist from uh, throughout my, so Christina Fursick is my cousin. She has a younger sister, Alicia. Uh, she helped me a little bit with the makeup, and my girlfriend, Lauren, also uh, helped me out with some of the makeup. It's like the end where she has like the... You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was literally, you know, I just went to the Halloween store, and I just bought a shitload of Halloween costume makeup. And it actually... I was really worried it was going to look really dumb, and it ended up looking actually kind of good. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think when... I, I've sort of had like aspirations or hopes to like start filming shorts for a while now, like going way back. And we've had, a, you know, me and some friends have had some like, we like shot a short a couple of, this was probably almost 10 years ago now. And we started editing and stuff. And then there was, you know, it just never really got done for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, and so a couple of years ago, I just kind of started writing more um, shorts and I kind of started turning out a bunch of stuff. And, most of it will probably never get done or anything, but it's sort of good practice mm -hmm. what doing. And uh, I was gearing up to shoot one February 2020. And I, oh, I no. And then the pandemic hit, obviously, and uh, set us back. Sure. <laughs> um, and I just sort of had a realization during the pandemic, like, it always seemed a little bit unattainable to actually complete a project, like a short film or something with no budget, with no real, like, equipment or anything like that. But... The fact of the matter is we all have production studios in our pockets. Right. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who like poo-poo the idea of doing stuff with your phone and, you know, anything like that. But in my head, it's better to do it with my phone and get it done and, and work on something cool than to not do it at all because you don't have access to like what you think your right. equipment should be or what, what it should look like or something. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the challenge of like, I don't know. There, there's something cool that comes from, like you said, the DIY thing. And I'm incredibly impressed. Yeah. You have to work around it. Um, it didn't look filmed on an iPhone to me at all. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard that from people. I think, again, like I'm just too close to it. When I was editing it, um, all the, the, the music was like the last thing to get dropped in. And so I'm editing all these like tense, I don't even really call it a horror. It's kind of more of like a psychedelic thriller or something like that. I don't know. But uh, I was like, this is not working. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh my god, I just, I put so many hours into this thing, and I don't even think it's gonna be good. And then once the music got done, I was like, that is exactly what we needed. Thank, Thank god. gosh, uh, yeah. Just, like saved the whole project. So, That's just um, like writing. It's any creative project. Like when I do comedy, sometimes jokes that you loved at first, you're like, I'm so sick of this goddamn joke. Then you have yeah. to go out there and like sell it, but. Yeah, well, it's in comedy hard. especially, like, you only get that feedback in real time. Like, yeah. you know, you can't, like, do stand-up in front of your friends and just see how they feel about it. Like, you kind of have to do it in front of an audience. No matter um, how hard I try. They they won't yeah, let me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, stop, yeah. just go do it. Like, I can't talk to you. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, what made you, know. you choose a thriller, like a psych, like psychological thriller? Uh, I don't know. I think. Well, I guess my initial plan for it was to get it done by Halloween, uh, oh. and so it kind of grew into like a bigger thing as uh, as I kind of started shooting it, and then like more seriously sitting down to write what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it became apparent that it wasn't going to get done during Halloween, but we had already started down like a, a certain path. So, um, I mean, I, I'm, I have plans to shoot more. We're, we're shooting, we're starting to shoot one, hopefully in, uh, like, <gasps> um, but that one's going to be like way more sort of grounded in reality and like way more drama based as opposed to like thriller horror. And stuff. So I think I just, you know, anything that comes to mind that I think would be a cool idea to shoot or something or, or, you know, whatever yeah. genre, you know, not, I, I'm not going to exclude any genre. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. So um, what would you say was the most challenging part? Was it just filming on your iPhone? No, that's, uh, that's become kind of easy, honestly, because now we've done two shorts where I shot it basically all by myself on my iPhone. And so I have that workflow pretty pretty down. And it, it, it's pretty quick. And, uh, instead of shooting with like a real camera or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not the hardest part. I think the hardest part is A, like just getting everybody in the same room and stuff. Right. Or, or you know, the same area. Yeah. Yeah. Of it. I'm not a good planner. So that's always difficult. And then um, there's some visual effects and stuff in both of the shorts that um, I know how to do, but I don't think I know how to do it in the most efficient way. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like doing it in my way. And I think it probably takes a lot longer than it should. Uh, yeah. And it's very tedious. And like, I don't know, I probably spent just like 30 hours just on like one scene just because I had Jeez. to go through frame by frame by frame by frame by frame. And it was, yeah, it, it was, it was the worst. <laughs> but <laughs> you really get like better and better. But yeah. when it gets like to that, like tedious and monotonous, it, it was, it was brutal. Um, so I'm very glad it's behind me. <laughs> yeah you should um i'll connect you after the podcast is over but my my boyfriend slash editor of this podcast is mm-hmm. really really good with all that stuff editing oh, really? you know video and audio so i should connect you too so if you have any nice. questions yeah, yeah, in yeah. the future in like high school i took like video editing classes and we had like a it was called communications class and it was all about like learning how to film things and edit them and we did like a, I don't think it was live, but we did like a news show once a week and we had to like write and, and film like segments awesome. and bits and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then so, so like I kind of, and then I went to school for music production, um, which involves like a ton of editing and all that stuff. So I think I have a pretty decent background in editing, but I'm not a technical person at all. Yeah. So when it comes to like all the tech specs and making sure everything's aligned. I had to export this fucking short like 50 fucking times. <laughs> like, you know, oh, you get it, it man. doesn't look as good as you think it does. And then right. YouTube compresses the shit out of it and it looks like garbage. And so I, I, it was like, it was like a two, three week thing where I was just exporting it like every day just because I couldn't get it right. Um, wow. But luckily, I mean, YouTube is such a fucking valuable resource. If like, it's so easy to come up with excuses for not doing something like, you know, like a big, it could be a creative project or it could be just anything you want to do. 
you know, it's expensive. It's hard to do. I don't know how to do it. It's a lot to learn. Nobody can teach me, blah, blah, blah. But there are like so many resources available to everybody that yeah. like, you know, it might not be how you want it to look or, you know, the grand plans you have in your head, but there are ways of like getting a lot of things done on. I mean, we made this movie. I mean, the budget was essentially just buying Halloween store makeup like yeah. that, you know, 50 bucks or whatever. Like that's basically all it was. As long as you have a phone, which everybody fucking has. YouTube's such a resource. I feel like anybody can sort of fake their way through anything if you just watch enough YouTube videos. That's just so impressive. Honestly, I'm so excited to see how you grow. Because, like, honestly, I don't like psychological thrillers. And yours <laughs> did catch my, like, kept my, because what happens is I get really bored. I don't like having to pick up all the pieces all the time, but mm -hmm. yours kept my attention the entire time. I understood what you were going for. It was spooky. The music was awesome. So I'm like just really excited that like you're just going for it because that was such a great start. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you. all like, all it can only get better. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I appreciate it. Well, it could definitely get worse. So. <laughs> So you just have a flop excited. in there? No, I really do. I think that it's just going to get better and better. So that's Thank what's you. so I exciting. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, luckily I'm like either intentionally or accidentally I've surrounded myself with a lot of like really talented people who can like help get these things done. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and and for no money because <laughs> I don't have money to pay them. And, right. Uh, you know, I, I think at a certain point, like, you know, it's nice to – you know, the odds, just say, the odds of me, like, making it as a filmmaker are basically 0% chance. Like, right, that, you know, sure. that's probably not going to happen. Mm. Um, but, like, something like that, you know, I'm not, like, shooting these 14-minute short films that I'm posting on YouTube for 200 views or whatever so that I can make millions of dollars. Like, I'm doing it because there's something inside of me that's telling me, like, I should do this, and I feel like I have to. And uh, at a certain point, like, you know, as... at I'm 32 now and you're getting older and not that there's ever an expiration date on when you can do stuff, but I think there becomes an expiration date on like when you can expect to just like have opportunities drop into your lap for money. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think at a certain point you just got to start either making your own opportunities or start picking things up just cause you're down for the cause and you want to do something cool. Yeah. Um, as you know, difficult as that may be. Yeah. As a comedian. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I totally understand your struggle. Yeah, and definitely. I mean, that comedian, being yeah. a comedian is probably the, the biggest example of it. It's I mean, the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys pay your dues getting up as often as you can or whatever and for nothing for yeah. however long until you can start getting paid and doing your thing. Um, yeah. And for me, I it's the same thing where I know I hope I make it or I hope not even make it, but some there's some comedians who achieve a level of success where it's their job. They might not yeah. be famous, but it's their job. So that's kind of like where, you know, I'm trying to be reasonable. Um, but I know either way, I'm not stopping. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And that's, <laughs> like, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think intention's important. And, uh, you know, especially when embarking on like creative or artistic endeavors. And I think, it, you know, there's no use in doing any of this stuff if your intentions aren't just to do this, this stuff. Because, again, yeah. there's something inside of you just saying that you should. Um, it's almost like something you can't deny that you want to do or have to do. Um, totally. and yeah, I, I think just if your intention is like, I want to do this thing to get rich or get famous or something, then it, you know, I don't know what, what is that even at that point? That's like a weird, yeah. Like, 
money grab or something. Yeah. My, um, so I get very like in my head and like, I just get crazy some, you know, being creative and being, it's so competitive and just being mm-hmm. surrounded by so many funny people. I like, I worry I'm not good enough or like sometimes I get imposter syndrome with the things and I'm mm-hmm. like, but what if like I can't achieve these lofty things I want to do? And my boyfriend is always like fame or success is just the byproduct of you doing something that you enjoy. Like yeah. it shouldn't be, the goal should be making something that you think is funny or that you like feel you need to make. And then mm-hmm. if you really put your all in it, it's the byproduct is going to be all of that other stuff. It's not. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, totally. And, um, I mean, I think comedy is a little bit different because you're, you're literally doing it for public consumption. Like you're doing yeah. it, for it, but it's like performance based. So it's, it's just different, but, um, everything I've sort of done, I've always been really conflicted with, um, like the creating of it versus the like putting out of it. Um, the, the putting out part is hard for me because as much as I want people to see it and enjoy it and whatever, and, you know, get that little dopamine rush from people telling me yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Um, like I'm not really making it for people to see. Like, you know, I, I wasn't like, we need to make something for people to enjoy, like all right. over the world or whatever, you know? Like I, I just really felt like I had something that I wanted to make. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes down to like actually showing people or, you know, posting about it or whatever, it always feels weird to me. I just, and, and, you know, I used to, I used to play in bands and stuff and I was never as interested as playing live as I was playing music with my friends that I was Whoa, in a band with interesting. or, you know, even the podcast, like the, the, the thing I like doing for the, with the podcast, um, I like just talking to people and yeah. it sort of gave me a venue for that. But then when it came out, came to like posting it and, uh, like, promoting it and stuff like I always felt weird about doing that just because like I was so in it for I mean as selfish as it sounds like for for what I got out of it and Mm -hmm. I'm not as invested as what in what people other people get out of it I guess Uh, yeah I mean that's a good way to think about it because it's not fun because there was a time and sometimes it still happens where my emotions are dictated by people's reactions to my jokes or things like that and it's Mm -hmm. it's you have so much more control over your well-being and like what makes you happy if you don't give it to everyone you know what I mean to strangers out in a crowd or or whomever has opinions on what you're making so yeah really cool yeah I mean uh, again like being a comedian is kind of right in your face yeah (laughs) oh yeah they let you know you can't be like oh I thought that was really funny like fuck whatever but you're doing it to make people laugh um but like, I, I do think that, like you said, you have that imposter syndrome creep in. I do think that's, I think that's good. And I think people who really care about the things they're, they're doing and, and making, uh, like you'd have to be a psychopath to like embark on a big creative endeavor and not feel any sort of self-doubt or, right. or like, you know, imposter syndrome, like you said. And I think what that does is it allows you to like really be self-reflective and really look at the things you've made work and, work. A little harder. and it allows you to learn about yourself, which is... I think the most important reason to do any of this stuff is to really learn about yourself and your place in the world and how you interact with it. And uh, it allows you to do that. And then you grow and you become a better artist because of that. Um, So it's sort of like this snowball effect that as bad as those negative feelings have, you know, feel, I think as you get further into something, they, it just, it creates like this monster. And you, you start to really, really learn deep things about yourself. 
uh, maybe that you can't even intellectualize um, in a conversation or something like that, the things you know deep down. And uh, I think that's so important. That's so cool. Like every time you get up, you probably get to learn something like deeply intimate about who you are as a person and who you are as like a creative person, a comedian, all these things. And uh, like, you know, that's like going to battle for you. You're doing it in real time. You know, I, I get to, if I make a short film, I get to do it over six months. Or right. Yeah. Working on this, yeah. You know? um, I also like that. So I just recorded an album in October and you yeah, might I saw feel, that. that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, it was really cool. And you might feel the same way about the, uh, your short film, but I like that I'm leaving a part of me for like other, you know, like, I don't think it'll get to a point where like strangers 50 years from now will listen, but like maybe my grandkids will listen yeah, to that's it. Cool. And I like the thought that like this moment in time in my life where I was expressing who I was in this point of my life is kind of like a little time capsule that, yeah, you know, it's like a, it's like the ultimate photo album or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something you can interact with. It's a, that I'm um, proud of. of where you were in your life at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so in like a way more intimate way than like an actual Polaroid or photograph could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I think like doing projects like this or being a stand-up or even doing the podcast, like it's just, it's such a weird, I mean, on the surface level, it's not that weird. You record a podcast, da, 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 da. but like yeah. the, all the work that goes into it and all of the thinking you probably do about it. Cause I know these things, like uh, it's basically all I think about when I'm in the middle of, of doing something like this. And, uh, it, they're, they're so strange. It's like weird. It's, it's like a weird puzzle. I feel like I'm putting together constantly. Um, yeah, I love it. It's like a drug. It's like a weird drug. Like, I, I feel like I'm like create just addicted to like creating mm -hmm. stuff. Like I just like creating stuff. There is something so satisfying to, to, cause to knowing how you want something to look or sound and then, mm -hmm fighting with it, and then figuring it out. Yes, that's great. That what I like feeling. better is when you have an idea of how you want <laughs> mm -hmm. something to look or sound, mm -hmm. and you get in there and you start trying to figure it out, and you end up with something different but way better. That's and you're cool. like, oh, that's what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and that's when I feel like like it, it yeah. feels like a puzzle that you like dropped the right piece. You, you were looking for the piece, and then you found it, and you dropped it in, and you were like, oh, my God, that's exactly – now you can right. finish the puzzle with all the other pieces. You just needed that one. Yeah. Um, I love That's that awesome. feeling. It's like, uh, I do a lot of um, like thinking on ideas before I start writing them. And I'll, I'll just try and like watch like whatever short film idea I have in my head. And if I can like see it, like mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just watch whatever I'm seeing over and over again until I can get to the next part or whatever. And, and whenever that like, uh, I mean, I guess I'm going to spoiler alert the uh, short a little bit there's a point where she it's called self trepanation where she like drills a hole in her head kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I realized I could fit that into the short, it just kind of made everything else fall into place. Yeah. And it, it, it felt so good. I was like, Oh my God, I just, I did it. Like I found the treasure. I did it. This is perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very like satisfying feeling. I feel like it really upped the ante to see that, to see what she's doing. And then, yeah. Oh yeah. I think so too. And, and yeah. it just, I mean, it, the end is like five minutes long or something. So right. like it took like a, you know, like a nine minute kind of an idea into like an actual full blown thing. Um, but yeah, so we got more on the horizon. Uh, you know, we're talking about me and my group of friends who we all collaborate on these things. We got a lot in the works. So hopefully, 
ho- I'm hoping I'll have another one done by the summer at least. Cool, um, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it, in the meantime, it's black. It's called Black Point, and it's on YouTube. So everybody check it out. Yeah, um, you can go. Uh, my Instagram is really the only social media I'm active on. It's at Joe Mano underscore Mano is M-A-N-N-O underscore and uh like all the information yeah follow joe so and watch his his short films and tell him if he's getting better at work or worse like in the summer be like wow actually black point was you were good there but well see i so personally (laughs) i actually thought maybe not anymore but when i first put out i thought Mm -hmm. black point was worse than the one i put out i mean worse you know i think they're pretty similar they're kind of like companion pieces but worse than the one i put out in the summer i just thought it was like less fleshed out and everything and then the feedback I got from friends who, um, whose like creative opinion I really trust or whatever, uh, was like, wow, man, it's crazy to see like you got better from the first one to this one. Wow. So that felt really good. I don't know yeah. if I totally agree, but that, that was just- <laughs> <laughs> It would be, it's not good to like, I think it's good to be humble when people are complimenting <laughs> you. know what I mean? If you're yeah, like, yeah, I, I am. I feel, I, yeah, I have a problem time. with uh, being complimented. I'm working on it. I'm not good at receiving compliments. I've had to work on it too. You're mm-hmm. apparently supposed to just say thank you. That's what I've I learned. know, but it's it's strange. <laughs> it's always so weird. I have no problem complimenting other people. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, it's weird. But like when you were saying, like, oh, it's cool to see. I can't wait to see where you're going to go. I was like, oh, man, please. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I feel you. But it's strangely fun. enough, I actually did want to mm-hmm. say to you it's super cool to see that A, you're sticking with, with comedy. B, you started this podcast, and C, you were able to record your uh, comedy album. Um, you know, like some of the stuff we already talked about, it's it's hard to to commit to doing something um, that maybe there's little monetary payoff or, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to work a day job and then go to your the thing you like doing. It's very draining and it's very, uh, there's a lot of self-doubt and a lot of moments of like, I you know, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I should keep doing this. And I think, it's, I mean, how long have you been doing comedy for? like eight years now it's been, yeah that's it feels a long time long. And that's super <laughs> yeah. impressive and i think that's something yeah. i'm very proud of uh <laughs> Thanks, even if Joe. this is as far as your comedy career will ever get if that's the case which i don't think it is I think i'm quitting no i'm just kidding uh, i saw you open for pat house for his yeah. uh, album recording or his cd recording at helium a couple years back uh it was so funny that's and, awesome yeah and so uh yeah, i love I just pat. Think, like, pat was on the show happened. huh pat was on the show on yeah, he, well, I had him on Overt, my podcast. Right, right, yeah. Not that long after you, I think, and he was gearing up to record the thing, and I was like, "Oh, I'll come on the podcast, or uh, I'll come and see it, and then when you're getting ready to put it out, we can, I'll have you back on." And then uh, he never really answered my email. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he goes to do. Wow, how rude! Yeah, I, I think I, you know. I think he meant well. I think we went back and forth a few times. It's and then hard. It yeah, I. I no ill will there. Pat's a really nice guy. And I think he's a <laughs> hilarious comedian. So, uh, That's so funny. I really enjoyed his, uh, his set that night. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I think one thing I would do want to say, awesome job. You should be super proud of yourself and, uh, you should, you know, never let anybody take that pride <laughs> away from you and be like, we're just, Thank you. we're still in the midst of this pandemic, but obviously it's not quite as intense as it was uh, a couple years ago. But right. uh, if anything, that should be a signal to everybody who wants to do something, just go out and fucking do it. Don't let anything stand in your way. Like if you have to shoot a short on your phone, you can do it. You have to, you know, just go up and do open mic nights for four fucking years. If that's really what you want to do, just go fucking do it. Cause climate change is going to kill all of us in like five years. So 
Might and like well you said, uh, you're never too old because I'm, I just turned 30 this year and I'm definitely starting to feel that too of like, oh no, like everyone's getting younger around me mm-hmm. and, um, but that doesn't matter. I think as long as, as long as you're feeling good about still doing it and you, you feel like, Hey, there's still stuff to learn about yourself mm-hmm. and there's still room for yourself to grow, not only as an artist, but as a person through doing these things that you do, like there's no reason to stop doing them. Yeah. Totally. And trying new things. I tried cross-stitching last week, hated it, but mm. I tried it. It was yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, this trying is- new stuff is so fucking important. Like, yeah, it, it, I, people, well, so in relation to what we're saying, like the internet, as I'm sure you know, has just kind of become, I always say it's like a graveyard for like half-baked, non-committed ideas. Yeah. You know, like how many different like friends do you know who started like an Instagram because they, you know, wanted to take a fitness journey and then they posted like three times and never followed through or, right, you know, yeah. somebody, you know, who like started like rollerblading or skateboarding mm-hmm. and then they post like twice when they first start and then they never post again. So I think in this age, especially um, where it's very easy to feel judged for the things you're doing, to follow through on something and actually do it uh, for an extended period of time where you feel like you're actually getting better. It's like a really big accomplishment um, for anybody. And yeah, and just have fun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or try to, yeah. Yeah, you'll never regret doing something, most likely, but you'll probably regret <laughs> not doing it. Um, totally. Yeah. Oh, so. this was way more inspirational than my podcast normally is, <laughs> yeah, so I, thank I, you for the For a second there, I felt like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Tony Robbins or some shit. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe that's your next calling after movies. You can move into oh, no, motivational. <laughs> no. I can't do public speaking. <laughs> Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for being here. I know you like just mentioned it, but one more time, where can everybody find you? Uh, it's at Joe Mano underscore, uh, and Mano is spelled M-A-N-N-O on Instagram. I think that's my Twitter handle as well, but I really don't post much on Twitter, so no, okay. no big deal. And the link to the short Black Point, um, as well as some of the other video work I've done, uh, is on my YouTube, which the link is in my bio. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being a guest today. Appreciate yeah, it. thank you so much for having me. It was cool to, to reconnect after a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and have, uh, you know, good luck with your boyfriend who you're related to. <laughs> thank you. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.